as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Can we pray together? Father, we just thank you tonight for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for your promise, Lord, to provide giftings to the church. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your blessing. Now open our understanding that we can understand and comprehend that each of us has a gift and we're to minister it to each other. Now can you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, speak to me tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want you to notice two things in this verse. And let the word of God talk to you here. First, Every believer has received at least one gift. Notice what Peter said. As each one. How many of you are in each one? See, that's you. Each one. Everyone. Everyone in the church. As each one has received a gift. Now, the gift there is singular. We know from the parable of the talents, you can have several gifts or you can have one. But each believer has received at least one gift. Now, I'm not talking about a talent. I'm talking about a gift. Something the Spirit of God has given you. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not aware of a gift. Well, it's up to you to seek God and ask God to reveal to you what that gift is. And that's part of what the finding the rock is all about. You go through finding the rock and you're probably going to find what your gift is. That's our goal. But every believer has a gift or the Word of God is a lie. And I know that's not true. Now, here's the second thing. With that gift, we are to minister it to one another. So that gift, whatever the gift is, is to be put to use. If you don't use it, then, then Jesus talked about the, the, the man who had the talent uh, and buried it in the ground. And he did not use the gift that was given him. And that gift was squandered and lost. Now, my calling is to convince you and teach you and lead you into the discovery and the use of your gift. We don't see you as a pew warmer. We see you as a gifted Christian who has been sent to this church to release that gift and do what with it? Minister it to one another. As a matter of fact, let me give you a little secret about me and you. In this church... I'm the administrator, you're the minister. I administer, you minister. It says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some pastors and evangelists and teachers for what? The equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Well, y'all are quiet tonight. You say, well, I just kind of like coming to church and being fed. Well, there's a reason for you to get fed. It's so that you can grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ and turn around and begin to bless others with the gift that is in you. We're not here to sit, soak, and sour. We're here to sit and learn and be released in our gifting into the body of Christ. Now, I want you to get that in your mind. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints to do the work of of the ministry. So, <clears throat> what is ministry? When I say, when, when he says to us, when Peter says, minister it to one another, 
What does the word ministry mean? What do you think of when I say ministry? You probably think of either a collar or you think of a professional preacher standing in a pulpit like I am right now preaching. But that is not what ministry means. The word ministry is from the Greek word diakonos. That's the word. And it means to serve. That's what ministry is. Can you say with me to serve? It is not to be promoted. It's not to be lifted up. It is not to be glorified. It is not to be in a spotlight. But you know what? Ministry means to serve. And what word do you think we get from diakonos? Deacon. Y'all are doing good tonight. We get deacon. That's what it comes from. Deacon means to serve. Now, you know what else I am in this church? I'm the chief servant. I'm the chief servant. A minister is a servant. My calling is to serve you the word of God like I'm doing right now, to pray for you, and to lead you in the way of Christ. And it's a servanthood position. I'm not a chief leader. I'm not a chief. It's not my calling to lord it over you. It's my calling to serve you. And I work day and night to prepare myself to serve the word of God to you. If you think it's a little pastime with me, you don't live with me. Ask my wife. I'm always studying, reading, praying, seeking God. What do I share next? What do I teach next? Because my calling is to serve you in Christ, the word of God. So I'm chief servant. And any leaders that are around me are servant leaders. That's what we're to do. Now, look what it says. Um, Let's go on, Marsha. There, all genuine ministry, all genuine ministry is servanthood driven. Jesus said, read this with me, can you everybody? Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Wow, slave. Let's keep reading. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for many. What did Jesus come to do? He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And he says, now the servant is not greater than his Lord. Jesus said, as I have done to you, now you do to others. Serve. God wrapped himself in skin, came to the earth to serve us. I mean, that's a mind blower. I can't wrap my mind around that. But that's what he did. Jesus came to serve us. And Jesus was God. Hello, everybody. So ministry means to use whatever God has given me to serve him and the needs of others. That's what ministry means. Read that with me. Well, it's too late now. All right, let's move on. Now, we minister in three directions. Now, let's look at them. We minister first to the Lord in worship. Amen? We just minister to the Lord. Whenever you worship him, it says you're ministering to the Lord. Look what Jesus said. The time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. When true worshipers will worship the Father. How, everybody? In spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. So we worship him filled with his spirit, and we worship him in truth. And i got to tell you, one of the things that launched me into ministry 
was learning how to worship God. I think learning how to worship God is crucial to being able to move on in Him. There's a big difference between singing about Him and singing to Him. And I think we're trained a lot of the times, uh, coming up in church and so on and so forth, to sing about Him. We sing the hymns, and I love the hymns. We sing the hymns. But we never learn to turn it from singing about Him to just looking up and singing to Him. But when you get lost in worship, and you begin to worship the person of Jesus Christ, that's how I discovered my calling to preach and teach, was worshiping him. I was just worshiping him, and he lit my heart on fire. It happened in the place of worship. Amen. Now, so we minister to him. And then the Bible says, the Bible says we minister to all people, everybody. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the, Father, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So who do we go and make disciples of? Everybody. So we, as a church, are to minister to all people. Do you have that in your mind when you go out to a restaurant or when you are out there talking to your neighbor? I, was, uh, I take my daughter out to lunch every week, and I was waiting for her uh, this week. And so I was sitting at this table, and we were at uh, Chili's where all good things happen. And <laughs> I believe in Chili's. And so there, we were, there I was. And so um, I noticed these two ladies across from me. They got their food, and they bowed, and they prayed. And I saw the one who prayed. She said, in Jesus' name. So I knew I was looking at Christians. So, and there were two older ladies. Um, on in years, you could tell they kind of hobbled in and I don't mean anything, but I'm sorry. I'm kind of digging myself in a hole here. Uh, they were, they were older sisters in the Lord. Okay. Anyway, uh, when I saw her praying the name of Jesus, I thought, well, if they love the Lord, maybe they'd like to hear my radio show. So I grabbed my card and I came up behind them. And I leaned down and I said, excuse me, I thought they were going to die on the spot because they didn't see me coming. And my voice can be kind of scary if you don't see it coming. And she, like this. And I said, I'm sorry, I just wanted to give you a card. I'm on the radio and I'm a pastor. And at first they looked at me like, you know, next time you come up on me, come up from the, from the front and not from behind me because you scared me to death, preacher. But anyway, I told them about the Lord and I began to witness to them. And, and everywhere I go, I look for the opportunity to minister to people. This is not my only pulpit. I take my pulpit with me everywhere I go. Okay? Because I know we're to minister to all people. Not just church folk. All people. How many of you know that everybody needs him? Everybody needs him. Say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just not much of a speaker. You don't have to be. The Holy Ghost will give you what to say. And so get out there, and if you, if you need something to kind of open up the subject, take a church card. Take the radio card. Say, hey, I just thought you might want to hear my pastor, or here's our church. I'd like to invite you. Find some way to open up the conversation. And what are they going to do? You either have yes people or no people. If they're yes people, you just scored. If they're no people, oh well. They can't fire you. 
So say with me, we're to minister, which means to serve all people. All right, now, the third thing, we're to minister to believers in particular. Look what God says in Hebrews 6.10, For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for who, everyone? Other believers, as you still do. It says, I don't want you to quit meeting together, as the manner of some is. But all the more so, meet together and encourage one another in the Lord, especially as you see the day of Jesus' return approaching. So we're supposed to encourage one another, minister to one another, reach out to one another. So that's our ministry. So we minister to him, we minister to all people, and we minister to one another. And that's where the gift comes in. You've got a gift in you. You have a gift in you. So I haven't been saved very long. When you got saved, you got a gift in you. Unwrap it. All right. And we minister to three areas of need, to people's physical needs. God says, I was hungry. The Lord says this. Jesus said this. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then it says, whenever you have done this to the least person, you did it to me. So we minister to people's physical needs. We minister to God and to others and to believers. And we minister in three areas, people's physical needs and then their emotional needs. The Bible says, warn the idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with all. Now there you go. We're to to, uh, minister to each other emotionally. And you know how you do that? People come, uh, come in downcast. They come in discouraged. You encourage them. You pray with them. You tell them they're doing a good job. Uh, you tell them you love them in Christ. You minister to the emotional needs. That's a call. And you've got a gift. And then we minister to people's spiritual needs. Look what it says. God reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry. That means the servant ministry of reconciliation. You know what that means, church? You've got a ministry, and that ministry is to reconcile people to God. To let them know that they can be reconciled. You have a ministry of reconciliation. God's called you to that. And so we ought to be talking to people from time to time at least out there in the workaday world you know are you reconciled to God do you know you can be you can be reconciled through the blood of Jesus did you know that you can you can come to know him personally and Jesus came to take your hand and put it in God's hand and reconcile you that's a calling you're reconciled to God and now we have been given a ministry how many of you have been reconciled to the Lord let me see your hands you've been reconciled All right? He says, now that you've been reconciled, go minister reconciliation to someone else as a servant. All right, the emotional and spiritual needs of the church are ministered to by pastors or elders. Now, I I want you to understand this now. God has set up different functions in the church. I I believe you get an unction to function. You get an, you know, 
What is your unction? Then function in it. He gives us an unction to function. My unction is to teach the word, so I function in it. My unction is not to be out there guiding cars into the parking lot, but that is certainly some of you folks' unction, and you do it well. Now, look, look here. Let's just look at what God has set up in the church. The emotional and the spiritual needs of the church are ministered to by pastors or elders. There are three different Greek words used in the New Testament to refer to the same church leaders. Now, listen carefully to me. Some of you think a pastor is different from an elder, and an elder is different from an overseer or a bishop. And I want to show you, just so we'll understand one another, that they are the same thing. So you're going to learn some Greek tonight. Say praise God. Let's look at it. All right, the first word you're going to find is poimen. Can you say it with me, poimen? Means pastor or shepherd. I'm going to show you a verse with these words in it in just a moment. Presbyteros, what denomination do you think we get from that word? Presbyterian. Presbyteros means elder. Episcopos, what church comes out of that one? Episcopalian. Means bishop or overseer. Now I want you to look carefully. The following verses use these terms interchangeably. So I want you to read this with me out loud, everybody, can you? To the elders, presbyteros, I say, be shepherds, poimen, of God's flock, serving as overseers, episkopos. Hang on. Go back just for a second, Marcia. There we go. Now, I want you to notice, here's one verse in 1 Peter 5, 1 and 2, where all three of the names, or those, those uh, names for leadership or spiritual eldership, are used in the same verse, interchangeably. They are synonyms. To the elders, presbyteros, I say be shepherds, poimen. He's talking to the same men. Be shepherds, poimen of God's flock, serving as overseers, episkopos. He's talking to the same men, and he called the same men three words. He said, you are an elder, you are a bishop, and you are a pastor. Okay, let's look at one more example. Paul, read it with me, can you? Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders, presbyteros, of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, guard yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, episkopos. Be pastors, poimen, of the church of God. Talking to the same men, and he used three different terms. They are synonyms. You say, well, what is your point? Here's my point. The function of the elder, pastor, and overseer are exactly the same. And they are to minister to the emotional and the spiritual needs of the church. It is to watch over and care for the spiritual and emotional needs of the congregation. God's flock. What did Jesus tell Simon Peter when he called him? He said, Simon, feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. And what did Simon do? He fed the sheep of God. Just read 1 Peter and 2 Peter. He fed the church of God. So there is a calling to be a feeder, to be an encourager, and to minister to the emotional and spiritual needs of the church. All right? But that's not the deacon. Tonight, 
We're looking at deacons. <clears throat> the job of meeting the physical, practical needs of a congregation falls to the deacons. The office of the deacon was birthed in Acts 6, 1 through 7. Now let me just read through it. It's a few verses, but let's listen carefully and let the word speak to us. Because here is a function, an unction for a function. Okay? But as the believers rapidly multiplied, look what was happening. There were rumblings of discontent in church. Can you imagine? Rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. Can you imagine that? Saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Say with me, there's nothing new under the sun. (laughs) So the twelve called a meeting of all the believers. And they said, we apostles should spend our time doing what, everybody? Teaching. As Poimon and Presbyteros and Episcopos, we are to teach the Word of God, not run a food program. Now, hear me carefully. There's nothing wrong with running a food program. If that's your unction, if that's your unction, then that's where you ought to function. And we've got people like that in our church. But he said, if it's not, it's not our unction. Ours is to teach the Word. And so they say, brothers, verse 3, Select seven men who are well-respected and are full of the Spirit and wisdom. Now look at the requirements of a deacon. Full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can do what, everybody? Read it with me. Spend our time in prayer and teaching the Word. They're not being elitist. They're not being exclusive. They're not being uppity. They're talking about function. And unction. If God has given you an unction to teach, you better not be involved in deacon activity. If you're a deacon, you better not try to teach and preach. We'll all die. I can listen to somebody for five minutes or less and tell you if they're called to preach and teach. Doesn't take long. Hang on. Did I finish? I can't remember. Yeah, I did. All right. Now, look what it says. Everybody like this idea. Hallelujah. That's a great day in church. And they chose the following. Stephen. And how does it describe him? A man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas of Antioch. These seven were presented to the apostles... Who did what? Prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. Now, the result of these appointments was beneficial to the church and the preaching of the word. Look what it says happened when this order was set in. So God's message continued to spread. Why did it continue to spread, y'all? Why did his message spread after doing this? Because those that had the unction to preach and teach the word were released. And those who had the unction to be a deacon were released. So the pressure that had been on the church was relieved. And many people began to get saved and the word spread and the church grew when this divine order was set in. The number of believers, what happened? 
Read it with me. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. And many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Now that's powerful because they had a need. They saw the need. They reached out to meet the need. Now let me toss a concept out your way. I really do believe in calling and I really do believe in unction and function. I believe it is absolutely a principle of God. I think when you move into an arena that you have not been called to, the Bible calls it strange fire. Do you remember when Nadab and Abihu uh, took some fire off of the altar, or they, 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 they offered incense up to God with fire that had not been designated by God? They got the flame from a source that God had not designated. And when they offered up the incense with a fire God had not designated, the Bible says it was strange. Everybody say strange. Now, that doesn't mean weird. It means means that which God has not ordered. We've got to be real careful here. If you've got an unction to preach, you better preach and not do anything else. If you've got an unction to deek, then you better be a deacon. Whatever your unction is, that's what you need to function in. It's when people move into an arena that God has not anointed them for, they begin to offer strange fire to God. And strange fire never does last in the long haul. Only what God orders. Can I say that again? Only what God orders, God blesses. Do I need to say that again? Only what God orders, God blesses. And so I know what I'm supposed to do, and I do it, and I do it all the time. But now the people we're going to anoint as deacons tonight, you know how I asked them to be deacons? I saw them already deaconing. I don't look for a title. I don't look, hey, listen, you can't buy your way into a position in this church. That's strange fire. You can't manipulate me or others to get into a position in this church. That's strange fire. Genuine ministry is selected by the Holy Ghost and set up by the Holy Ghost. And when that happens, then you have real fire that God blesses, Holy Ghost fire and not strange fire. How many of you want to be in a church of Holy Ghost fire and not strange fire? Okay, that's what I'm saying. And so I just looked around, and I want to be clear about something here. The men that we're going to anoint tonight, uh, I saw them already deking, taking care of practical things in the church. Parking, ushering, the offering, um, meals, Helping in practical ways. And you know what? If they had never been appointed deacons, they'd have still kept on doing it. This is not something that's going to make them go deek. They were already deeking. And so I saw the function. And so I recognized it. And I want to also be clear. They're not the only ones. And it's not a slight or, or it's not uh, uh, overlooking others that are also deeking. Uh, there will be more deacons in this church, I guarantee it, probably before long at all. So I don't want anybody to think, well, how come them and not me? These were eight men that I particularly saw 
functioning in that unction. But there are others. And so don't feel slighted. Don't feel like you've been overlooked. You haven't. I've seen a lot of people. And you know what? I believe in a female deaconette. Hello, ladies. I I do. And I asked one. I asked one lady to do it, and she said, no, he's, he's the man, so I'm going to anoint the husband instead of the wife. I'm still after her too, though. She's going to be a deaconess someday. But I believe that women can also deke. Amen. I do. So, um, and I can show you that in the Bible, so don't look at me weird. Don't scowl at me. Uh, so tonight, we want to anoint eight men. And we're going to ask God to bless them and release them into the church. Because, listen, as these men are released to fulfill that unction, you know what it does with me and those that are ministering the Word of God in this church? It releases us. So the Word of God can spread. So, amen. Let's stand together, can we? How many of you needed this teaching tonight? Did this help you any at all? All right, good. And I'm going to ask, uh, Frank, if you would come down and help me to pray. And um, we're going to believe God now as we set these men in. I'm going to ask the men who are going to be set in as deacons to come down, please, and line up right here, guys, would you? Come down. And I'm going to take this microphone and let you introduce yourself to the people. And, um, again, spread the word if you need to that there will be others, and I know there are others. But these were those that I spotted, looked at, and this is Michael Gardner. Let me just start with him. He's going to be the head deacon. And introduce yourself.